710 ESPN presents The Experience, the Experience. with Lafern Cusack, where we go beyond the play and focus on athletes, fans, events, and the biggest issues that inspire and shape our lives. Here's the host of The Experience, Lafern Cusack. Lafern Cusack. Eleven Ravens was founded in 2011 by a professional table tennis player and several dedicated advocates of the sport. Eleven Ravens is a premier U.S.-based design and manufacturing company for custom luxury billiards, table tennis, shuffleboard, foosball, hockey, poker, blackjack, and much more. Today we're going to hear about the story of Eleven Ravens by... Michael Zaretsky, he's the former professional table tennis player and founder, Bernard Samirjian, a chief design officer and co-founder, and C. Zeta, director of business development. We're going to dig down deep and find out all about sport and art educational foundation and how table tennis helps individuals with Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia. And what exactly Wayne Gretzky is doing with 11 Ravens. I'm LaFern Cusack. This is 710 ESPN. The experience never stops. Never stops. On your station, 710 ESPN. Here's LaFern Cusack. Hey, thank you for joining me here on 710 ESPN. I'm LaFern Cusack. And welcome, Michael, Bernard, and C. Welcome to the show. Hi. Nice having you. Hi. Thank you. Nice to Michael, you are a former professional table tennis player and founder of 11 Ravens. How did you get started playing table tennis? I was I'm from Belarus, what used to be a former Soviet Union Republic. And uh, when I was six years old, uh, my brother, he already played ping pong. And he basically introduced me to table tennis. And as a six years old, I started. Uh, I was introduced to table tennis and I started playing as a child and it slowly became kind of, uh, it's become part of my life. It's actually a big part of my life where I dedicated almost every day, four or five hours a day to train table tennis, uh, to produce and make uh, a professional ping pong player. It's actually, it's very difficult. It takes a lot of time, lots of effort, uh, a lot of a lot of everything and uh by age 15 in belarus if by age 15 16 you are not uh somewhere part of national team basically your career is over and uh, all these years like 12 10 years of my professional ping-pong life i was very dedicated and worked very hard i didn't make national team but i was a junior champion in belarus and uh, by age 17, I kind of stopped play, playing professionally and went to, uh, actually went to Russian Army. After Russian Army, I became a ping pong coach. And uh, for six years before I moved to United States, 1989, I was a uh, coach and actually became a national, uh, national junior team coach as well. Wow. And, um, Yes. What was the experience like for you to make the team, the junior team? 
Uh, junior team, it's uh, actually it's table tennis is a little bit different. That, for example, in the United States, it's a uh, it's it's a cultural. It's more kind of it's more popular, like in Europe generally, and like in Asia. It's uh, because it's a, I I believe so. It's because of cultural. It's uh, it's taken more seriously, and every year you have a national championship, and you have to make certain cards like you have to be in certain places like you have to be top five or top six to make a, a national team and after basically become a member very interesting and then you worked five hours a day playing table tennis yeah between so it depends the day but yeah anyway between three five sometimes six sometimes you have even two sessions one session in the morning one session in the evening and uh, it's uh, a little bit like, again, uh, regarding table tennis, like um, it's perceiving in a uh, world of table tennis, you have two kinds of table tennis view. Like one is recreational, where you have a table in your backyard at home, you have a glass of wine with your friends, and you go in the backyard. <laughs> right. Yes, and you, and you just like chill out, and you play ping pong, and you have fun and laugh, and you can play for one hour, two hours, oh, this is cool. And there's another approach as a professional uh, table tennis as a sport. And as a sport, I give you just example. You probably watch TV and you see tennis like five, six hours much. And people playing for five, six hours. In ping pong, table tennis, is no way you can sustain five, six hours professional ping pong. If you, if you play, play 45 minutes to an hour, you're going to be done. You're going to be literally like dead. Uh, because it's no, it's so intense. <laughs> right. It's so, yes, it's so intense. It's like you compare like a, like a boxing match. Mm-hmm. It's so intense because it, it's a distance between you and your opponent is so short. You're throwing all these shots and it's just so fast. And again, it's a, you can have a, this is the whole thing. You can have a few glasses of wine and go and play tennis immediately out of the box. You cannot. But you can ping pong as a creation. Mm-hmm. But if you go to the sport, this is where it kind of become a difference. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you go to that to not to not burning out of the sport? I mean, it's uh, it's kind of it was um, for me, it was a kind of a, a escape uh, from uh, my another reality of uh, poor life. We were I am from a very poor family. If you had food on the table, it was, we were, we are already be happy. It's, uh, and uh, if you go to school and as a race, as a Jewish in Belarus, you feel uh, anti-Semitism like on every daily basis. And for me, my friends and the table tennis um, world, it was uh, like 50-50 probably Jewish and I feel very comfortable there. And for me, it was just, I, I would leave there. I would stay there for like from morning to evening. You travel, you have competitions, you can see the world. Otherwise, you cannot afford to travel uh, around Soviet Union, of course, because you cannot get out from the Soviet Union. There's no way as a Jewish, no matter what you do and how you perform, you are not allowed to leave Soviet Union, and especially as a child. You know? And uh, yeah, it was for me, it was that passion, that love for the sport and it was very enjoyable. And Bernard, you are chief design officer and co-founder. 
What led you to 11 Ravens? It was quite the journey. Um, so I, I, got, I really got into table tennis in school. Um, this is like we're in college. I mean, I've tried, I had tried so many sports up until then. And, uh, you know, none of them really kind of sparked me in any way, the same way that table tennis did. Um, but it was more like the backyard type of tennis, table tennis, you know, in, in, um, in regards to where we played, how we played. We, you know, we didn't have wine before our table tennis, but maybe it was beer. <laughs> but then, uh, so then there were some good players at the school, and, uh, you know, I learned through them, and I got better and better to the point where I was, like, beating everybody at school. I was like, this is really awesome. Like, I, I want to... I want to like take it to the next level. I want to go to the Olympics. Um, I didn't know what Michael had just said, you know, where you have to be um, top five or six in the nation. Um, I wasn't even like a citizen of the United States at the time. Um, so I couldn't join the U.S. team. So I looked into Beirut. Beirut's definitely not going to have a team. They're going to send me. And then, you know, I quickly realized, okay, Olympics isn't going to happen um, I was a little bit too ambitious, but that did um, kind of lead me to Michael's club, which was the Gilbert Table Tennis Center. I Googled uh, clubs. Once I graduated college, I, you know, I, I, I wanted to keep looking for a place to play. And I found Michael's club, which was the closest. It's like kind of central LA. It's really easy to get to for me. So I was like, okay, let's go check it out. I go. Um, go through like security gate and it's in like this Westside Jewish community center, which was like, okay, this is interesting. And you go into the basement of this place, which is a huge little club. Um, and you, you know, that distinct ball bounce on the table, you, you can recognize it a mile away, you know, exactly what yeah. it is, you know, music to my ears. So, um, I floated to this place, you know, I was like mesmerized by it. It's a whole nother scene. It was not the backyard or the school ping pong. This was some serious players of all uh, like ages too. Like, I mean, the, there was a the whole spectrum down there. Uh, and I, uh, next thing I knew, I was building a custom racket and um, getting into like uh, the group classes there and learning, learning how to officially play. Uh, Michael was there and, you know, I would see him every now and then he would, leave at a certain hour and we just play until like midnight there. You know, it was really, it was actually a really great place. Kind of like how Michael is explaining how uh, it was his, his comfort place to go to. Right. He very much made the Gilbert Temper Tennis Center like a comfortable place to be. So like I made new friends there. We would go out, we would play, we would come back at like 2 a.m. and we just keep, continue playing um, and we just got better and better. And since Olympics wasn't a thing for me, I realized like, well, we can do like local league games. So we, we joined a team um, like Gilbert had, Gilbert has his own uh, league team. And uh, we would actually go around kind of Southern California and playing other teams from different clubs. It was exciting. So that's, that's pretty much how I got involved in table tennis. And one day um, at this point, you know, I had also like, uh, joined Michael in his crusade for, you know, the Alzheimer's Foundation, and I helped him out with, like, graphics. That's actually how he kind of pulled me in. He was like, hey, you do graphics and web design and stuff like this. Like, 
um, could you help us with this? We're having some trouble <laughs> here and here. And so I volunteered my time. And, and next thing you know, a few months later, we're forming a company uh, called 11 Ravens. That's that's great. It's always great to have a designer friend that can do your graphics yeah, and website. <laughs> And see, see, you you have a rich background as well. What led you to table tennis? Yeah, so so originally I was working in the fashion industry and transitioned into furniture. And, you know, there's a lot of really amazing furniture companies out there. But um, a friend in the industry introduced me to Eleven Ravens, and he said, we're looking for somebody with a background like yours, you know, somebody who's creative but has done business and marketing. And I when I was introduced to them, I thought, this is amazing. They've never, I've never seen anybody do table tennis or game tables like Love and Ravens is doing. And they're really filling a niche in the market, a, a niche that, an area that I was seeing um, a need in, having been working in the, the furniture industry for a while, and um, especially with interior designers. So for me, it was kind of a, just a no-brainer. I have to work with this uh, company because I see that they're doing something amazing, and I want to be a part of it. Yeah, and that's so true. But also the the passion that you guys have shared with me, I can totally feel it. And it's like you love, you know, being a designer. You love playing the sport. You know, you love table tennis. And then you use all of your skills to build this company and build something beautiful. And for all our listeners, you guys can go to 11ravens.com. That's the number one, one, ravens.com. Michael, tell us about the passion behind being a player. Um, yes, like, again, like I was mentioning, like all my life, it was table tennis. It's just the table tennis, it was everything. But when I immigrated, like, 1989 to New York, I kind of, like, like forget about it almost, like, you know, table tennis, is a, as a sport uh, doesn't exist really in the U.S. That time it was '89. As I, as I give you just kind of like um, example, like as a recreational sport, U.S. is a second to China. As many people playing here, as again, yeah, second to China. As a as a sport, it's very difficult. Like it's uh, like again, it's. Uh, I think I don't have current numbers, but I think top top U.S. players probably like you know somewhere like not even, not doesn't make even uh, top fifty. But um, um, basically, what I'm trying to say is just kind of I was thinking, okay, I'm not gonna be uh, table tennis. I'm not gonna be in table tennis when I came to U.S. But uh, it's kind of um, uh, I moved to LA and purchased first few years later. I purchased first house, and I was thinking, okay, I'm gonna purchase ping pong table, and I'm gonna be maybe play with kids around, and it's still kind of I love to do that. And uh, I called one place at that time. It was Yellow Pages still, and it was Table Tennis Club. I said, wow, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, and. I was just wanted to buy ping pong tables, but actually it's a table tennis club where they need coaches. And I started coaching there. And uh, after like a couple of months later, uh, we got a phone call to the club. It was Arthur Gilbert, who was uh, eight years old. He was um, 
real estate mogul. Uh, he had biggest collection gold, silver, and mosaic in the world. And he wanted pink on lessons because his lawyer was beating him at age. <laughs> he was age 18. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I want to I pink on lessons to beat my lawyer who is just take advantage of me. <laughs> and uh, he called to the club and said, you have uh, my partner, my friend at that time was Lloyd. He answered the phone and he and they're asking, like, do you want a Chinese or Russian coach? You have both. I said, let me send me Russian coach. And uh, I went to him on the top of, like, Beverly Hills mansion. And we became a friend. We really, like, became a friend until he died for eight years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I met a lot of um, that time. He invited me all the time. In the evening, Saturday and Sunday, we played ping pong. He was so very well known in the, like um, in community. Like you know, he can pick up the phone and call Prime Minister Major and talk to him. He next day he can have Prince Charles at his dinner table. Wow. I mean, he was he was that level, and uh, and he loved ping pong a lot. And after he uh, died in 2001. We opened the club, what is a Bernard mentioned at the Gilbert Table Tennis Center. It's actually um, named after him. Uh, and uh, he has a Rosalind and Arthur Gilbert Foundation, what it has a museum in London, the open museum before he died. It's the biggest gold and silver and mosaic, micro mosaic collection in the world. And they fully supported Gilbert Table Tennis Center, wow. what I own and run. And uh, yeah, this is like a long, long story. It's a lot of stories you can tell about this journey, but uh, yeah, this is like a short version of it. That's nice. And uh, yeah, and this, uh, you opened the club 2003, almost like 18 years. And and that club, we met a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of celebrities, a lot of movie, uh, like, uh, stars a lot yeah. of sports stars it's funny and, uh, it's funny how how many like the the amount of people that come to play at that club uh is they're coming because they're they want to learn to beat whoever it is that they're uh playing at home or something or on a, on a movie set and it, it was always a secret lesson they always would tell us like yeah i'm here taking secret lessons because i want to kick those <laughs> but competition this, so can i take some lessons like it was like 50 percent of them <laughs> that i would come uh it was just it's funny that, that that's how we, like, you met your friend too because like it was an ongoing kind of uh, situation well well that's like what you were saying bernard it's like it's a community and people gravitate towards being part of something and you know table tennis is just you know that type of community would wouldn't you say Yeah, I can tell you a story. Extremely competitive, yeah, and very, very much more, much very much a community. Yeah, I can tell you one story. Like one time, like Sunday, I'm getting a phone call, and it's a phone call from uh, uh, agent from assistant from Jimmy Fox. He said he wants to come. He needs the racket right now. Please, 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 please help us. Um, I came to the center. They assembled the racket. I'm going, please play with me. I'm going to the game right now. I'm playing for charity in Pond March. And uh, we play for an hour. And after he said, please make a video. You know, I got knighted by Master. And I knight him. 
And it was so funny. It was just I mean, <laughs> so many stories like this, you know. And uh, it's, uh, it's just so much fun. And we are so like uh, what we do right now. I mean, everything came from that place, from Gilbert Table Tennis Center. But what we do right now like 11 Ravens, it's basically be enjoying every moment of it. So you guys talk about uh, charity, but you also have Sport and Art Educational Foundation. Can you tell me about that? Yes, I can tell. It's, um, we start our uh, foundation in 2007, and uh, primarily uh, of what is our foundation doing, we work with people uh, who has early stage of Alzheimer's and dementia, and um, who is, of course, it's uh, elderly people. And uh, we have table tennis called table t- Alzheimer's Table Tennis Therapy Program. Uh, we, we pulled the study, basically we did long research how, what it's, um, how table tennis basically can benefit people with early stage of Alzheimer's and dementia. And in Japan, it's er- in early 2000, it was, it was a study how table tennis benefit uh, human brain. And uh, it was very um, detailed study. This uh, study never was actually, when we find the study, never was translated in English. It was only in Japanese language. We had, we had the first one who translated that study in English. And based on that study, we started this Alzheimer table ter- ter- tennis therapy program. And uh, at one point, we had before COVID, we had almost like over 15, sometimes 15 to 20 places where it's our coaches from Gilbert Table Tennis Center goes and play these people who have early stage of Alzheimer's and dementia. And uh, what is like what we learn, like for example, when you're over 80, over 70, it's very hard to go and play tennis. And uh, ping pong is very accessible. You actually can play ping pong when you're 70, 80. At one point, even we have one group over 100. You have like four people over 100. It was unbelievable feeling, unbelievable experience. And uh, for example, uh, like you play in chess, it's very beneficial to your brain, but you don't have any activity. Basically, you're sitting. If you, for example, okay, oh, let's go and do some exercise. You're on the treadmill. You basically, you're you're physically active, but your brain is not activated. You're not thinking mm, about anything. You right. just, what is what table tennis uh, does? It's activate five portion of your brain simultaneously. You basically have to predict, you have to react, you have to assess everything, you have to move. It has, it's a, your eye hand coordination. It's enormous, and you have to do all this in once. And uh, when you have this experience, it basically, uh, don't get me wrong, is not cure Alzheimer's dementia. But the day you play tennis, that day, it's a special for you. You feel better. You are more kind of energetic. You are more responsive. And we learned this through uh, like people, caregivers, who uh, take care of people who have Alzheimer's and dementia. And for all these years, it was unbelievable experience. Sometimes, like we have a total seven tables, sometimes five tables, and you have in the Gilbert Center, you have five coaches playing this. Wow. At the same time, it's all people who elderly can have this uh, terrible disease, and it's just like almost like crying moment. You're just like, yeah. you watch this and you cry. 
Now, so powerful. Yes. So, see, are you actively looking for uh, people or groups or organizations to partner with you? Yes. And so we do a lot of collaborations and partnerships with different groups. And um, one of the ones that we're doing right now is actually for uh, the Sport and Art Educational Foundation, but it's with Wayne Gretzky. And we created a table with him to kind of honor his legacy as a you know, hockey player and just you know, him as a person. And that table has come out this year, and we're doing a limited edition of five tables, and the, the portion of the proceeds will go to the charity itself. And we're also doing, um, a, we're going to be involved in an auction with our a table that was collaboration with Ed Massey, the contemporary artist. So we're always looking to do collaborations, find a way to work with different groups, and really give back to the community. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Wayne Gretzky is the bomb. How exciting. How did you guys hook up with Wayne Gretzky? That was an yep. interesting <laughs> Didn't we just get, we got a phone call before Christmas one year, and um, I believe it yep. was his wife wanting to make a, a, a Christmas gift for, for Wayne Gretzky. So, yeah, I would love to get this table. Can you guys make it, please? Like, I know it's only like, a week or away for Christmas, but it's last minute. Can you, what, what can you do? And uh, Michael called me up and said, yeah, I just got this call. I was like, drop everything, drop everything, do it, do it. It's the legend. It's number 99, of course. <laughs> Especially me being a hockey fan, I'm a Kings fan, I'm a you know, season ticket holder. Uh, you get a call from that kind of individual. <laughs> you, you do what you can. So Now, Bernard, you talked about custom rackets am i saying that correct yeah yeah uh-huh. so how do you make them custom is it so is it different for each person how they hold the racket what do you do yeah i mean there's a whole gamut of different types of handles different wood carbon fiber uh balsa wood there's you know aramis there, there's so much material um so i think by law, it has to be 60 or 70. I'm not sure. Michael knows more of those numbers than I do, but it's got to be like 70% wood, and then you can have like other like uh, man-made material to like strengthen it and give you speed or give you more control. So it, it, the the racket, the blade itself, the wood, is, is like a musical instrument. It's very sensitive, um, and, and it can get really pricey. Uh, and then you have your rubber sheets that you apply, which are, have a completely different set of characteristics that, you know, change the dynamic of the game so much. Um, and each player has their own custom setup, uh, whether it's more spin, more speed, um, you know, the, the pimps out. So like the little pimples are out. So you get like weird returns from a player I hated playing against that because it always like killed the spin and speed that you gave them. Mm. So you have to react differently. It's there's, there's just so many combinations. It's endless. Um, but the fun part is um, learning, learning what your play style is and kind of fine tuning that. Interesting. Very interesting. Yes. So, then we move into the design of the table itself. Can you talk about yeah. the custom racket and the custom table? And do you have a, a, an advantage if you're, you know, working on one of these tables, <laughs> playing on one of these tables? Well, yeah, that, so the, the custom designs for the tables are... Uh, they're quite unique in, in the approach that uh, we took the approach with. We want to make 
a regulation table. That was like our intent, starting off with like table tennis tables. Of course, now we have so many different types of tables, but with table tennis specifically, we wanted it to be regulation. That was like a key component. It's got to be nine by five feet. You know, that's a standard size and 30 inches off the ground. Uh, that's your typical playing um, setup. Anything underneath the table, you know, as long as it's not hitting your leg, it's not outside, and obviously you don't want to hit your knee on it while you're moving around, it, it's open game, right? So we, we've, we felt like, what can we do with this? Like, you know, like there's all sorts of furniture design out there, and, and there's uh, a lot of unique things and art pieces. What, what can we do with this? Like, how do we marry the passion that we have for ping pong with, you know, design that we, we both love. Mike, Michael loves design, you know, he, and, you know, that's how we met, of course. So how do we marry those two? And, you know, we just realized, like, why don't we just make these really extravagant-looking art tables, you know? They're still regulation. You can, like, literally play on them, especially with the surface being the way it is. You get good bounce. You get good spin. So uh, we're like, let's take it up a notch and, like, really provide an outlet for, for like, our creativity and, and to kind of be able to blend the two worlds. So, uh, so yeah, we, we started designing these tables. I started kind of coming up with unique shapes and things that inspired me throughout, you know, my design path and um, whether it's organic nature or is it like architectural design, industrial design, um, automotive, you know, aviation, like all these things kind of play into a lot of my design. So, um, will it give you an advantage in the sport? I don't yes. know. It'll give you an advantage <laughs> in looking really cool, though. Right. I mean, you're definitely going to look the best playing uh, <laughs> with our stuff, with our table. Uh, and um, and with our racket, we did just recently develop a custom racket ourselves. It's, of course, all black. Um, we have our own rubber now, which, again, all black and all custom branded. Um, we got that all formulated. I think the – Michael, where did we get – because um, they're like official, legitimate rackets. They're not like off-the-shelf type things. They're they're definitely handmade. Do you have any info on where we got those? Yeah, this is kind of it was uh, like a collaboration with Olympic uh, champions, kind of his input too. It's a young Uwe Waldner. He's like uh, oh gosh, the Waldner, by the way, yeah, yeah, he's like the Michael Jordan of table tennis. You gotta oh, look him up. Thing. Yeah, this is like uh, definitely like before we come with any product, we kind of put so much details in it, so much thoughts and you know, before either we come with something unique and something like almost to the point like perfect, or we don't come with the product at all. You know, it's just this is our kind of module, like, you know, it has to be it has to be there. Right. Out there. Right. You also talk about local manufacturing. Can you talk about that? Yes, all our products all eleven raven. It's uh, produced in Los Angeles. All our products made in the U.S. Every single component, every details. And uh, again, we work with, uh, we have a factory over here in Los Angeles. And uh, some materials like, uh, I mean, metal, like mostly our it's a wood working shop, but we also have a lot of metal, acrylic, I mean, leather, like upholstery. And again, but everything produced here and uh, they have very strong, uh, like, uh, 
manufacturing team and uh, production manager, uh, Gabe, he's doing a superb job. And uh, I mean, yes, everything that's uh, produced here locally is everything, everything handmade. Yes. And uh, high quality controller. Now, see, did you play ping pong before you came on board with 11 Ravens? Just as a hobby occasionally, but I'm, I'm nowhere near as good as the rest of our team. I'm hoping <laughs> once COVID's better, we can have a, we can have a match, but they'll, they'll beat me and maybe I'll sign up for lessons. Right. I know. I'm, I'm listening to you guys and I'm like, oh my goodness, I, I wouldn't even be able to pick up a paddle and start trying to play with you guys. <laughs> Can you maybe you, you and I can practice? <laughs> yes, oh, that that would be great. So let's talk about the game itself. Um, are there particular types of people that gravitate more to this game in regards to talent and you know being able to you know do a backspin or a backhand chop? Not particularly. Like I mean, you can from our experience again in eighteen years old. 18 years old table tennis center. I mean, we have everybody. You have children literally five years old and we have over 100. You have people who is uh, national team members and who never hold rackets before. And sometimes families, sometimes it's what is good about table tennis is basically it's for all ages, for all gender. It's like, I mean, it's like, like anybody can play, like literally like anybody. And uh, and it's again, it's like mentioned, it's very hard maybe to produce like that level, uh, like professional ping pong player. But to have fun and to be part of the, like you know, your family gathering or friends over. I mean, it's always fun. It's always very interesting and interactive. Michael, do you look to someone that plays table tennis that plays in a way that amazes you? Definitely, I mean, in '96, so, so many years ago, '96, seven, eight, we produced Gilbert Cup when when we invite in Los Angeles twelve of the best players in the world. It was called that time Gilbert Cup again, and it was in Beverly Hilton Hotel, first one, and uh, we invite only twelve of the best players in the world. And uh, to see in person, it was only one table, center stage. It was unbelievable experience. It's, uh, I mean, that one is very, very amazing. And and table tennis is part of Olympic Games, and uh, like definitely world champion teams and world champion um, uh, singles. And uh, every two years, the alternate. Yeah, because uh, the Olympics are coming. So yeah, who who are yeah. you looking out for? It's kind of, uh, I mean, unfortunate from uh, like a uh, perspective point of view because it's a de- table tennis is dominating by uh, China, and because it's a national sport there, mm-hmm. and uh, as they're starting from three, four years old. As long as you can walk, you take a racket and you go to the table. Almost you can, you can almost can say like that. And uh, competition there is enormous because it is a national pride. For them, it's like not to win Olympic Games and not to win World Championship. Like basically all swipes, like all all categories. It's kind of tragedy. Mm-hmm. It's like it's for us, like lose, uh, like you know, basketball game and Olympic game. This is like equivalent of that. 
Mm. You know, and the whole country can mourn for days if somebody losing table tennis. Right. And uh, and it's kind of unfortunately like one sided almost. I mean, sometimes you can see some players from Europe, like you know, Dan there just kind of you know to get that to that group. Uh, but this is this is kind of like an occasion. You know, it's not it's not usual. Right. Um, what about you, Bernard? Or is there anyone that you look at that you're totally amazed by? I mean, I don't have any particular names, but yeah, I, I definitely love just like looking at the uh, competitive nature and uh, just the teams that are. I mean, obviously, yeah, you watch China; they dominate the game. It's it's really just um, <laughs> comes down to China, Germany, or maybe Sweden. Um, and it's, what's, what's also really interesting is watching each country that have also very um, different players um, playing styles. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, also, like when you watch the women versus the men, they have a completely different uh, playing style. And, and it's uh, when you just kind of look at it all from as a you know, further perspective, it's you just can't get enough of it. Uh, I really don't have any kind of favorites. Um, May the best player win yeah, okay. is what I would say. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and that's kind of what it, it, I mean, to me it comes down to, and it, it, because it's such an accessible sport, um, whereas either you have, you know, great team sports, out, uh, team sports out there, you know, like hockey, you know, like where there's strategy involved and there's uh, just like setting it up and, and, you know, plans and going, you know, there's, there's a whole, there's a whole plan that c- comes together with those kinds of games and you're re- relying on your teammates, you're relying on, you know, the atmosphere and how everything with table tennis, as soon as you're in front of that ball, you're the only one there. It's just you and that ball and you have to do something. You have to figure out what to do. And you only have less than nine feet of space to figure out what to do with it. Mm. Um, and it's oftentimes that ball travels up to 60 miles an hour. Um, so you have, you know, that much time, you have nine feet, nine, 60 miles per hour. I don't know what the math is, but you have to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why when it gets so addicting, because it activates those portions of your brain that you don't typically use often. And um, it becomes, you know, you catch the bug, it becomes so addictive that, you know, you just want to figure it out. And that's, that's what I love. And you watch these professionals play. It's, it's like, it's, it's art. It's an art form when, you know, they're so effortless and uh, graceful. It's it's just a, it's a beautiful sport. I recommend anyone and everyone to try it out. Yes. But as you're saying that, it's like you're describing your designs. Are there any particular designs that you have created um, that stand out for mm-hmm. you, your favorite? Yeah, of course. Uh, I love them all. They're all my babies, of course. But, <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> it, it is. So, I mean, when I look at the design, it's, you know, like just like the sport, when you're playing, when you're in the zone, uh, everything around you kind of disappears and you're, you, you're only looking, you're not even looking at your opponent, really. You're looking at your opponent's racket, the ball, and trying to figure out. So everything really kind of like, you're like in this isolated chamber, right? Um, so when I look at the design, I really try and create a striking silhouette uh, that's just unique. And, and it makes you look at it and you say, like, what the heck is that? Like, and then you realize, is that, is that a ping pong table? That's the kind of emotion that I want to convey or invoke, right? 
Um, I love the stealth personally. Um, you know, it, it was inspired after the stealth bomber. If you actually turn it upside down, you can see like a little bit of the cockpit oh. um, from where some of those inspirations came from. Uh, you know, and so that silhouette's pretty bold. You get these really cool facets, depending on which angle you look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of changes shape. Uh, and it's open in the middle, so it you know allows it to be not so heavy. Um, it, you know, has a nice presence. And I, you know, I'm a fan of facets and angles and shapes and forms. So any of that stuff can 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 really be striking. Um, and of course, like one of the first designs we had was the Theseus. Um, that one, you know, was all about balance and symmetry. Uh, you know, it's one of our most symmetric and kind of the cleanest design where you just have a nice simple shape balancing on like a little pedestal. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I can go on and on about all the designs, but it would be my top. Well, well, see, can you talk about some of the other tables that you guys have also? I mean, I see some tables can be converted into a dinner table or. (laughs) Yeah. That's our most popular, the multifunctional, um, Tables are are really the best sellers because people are looking for something that's space efficient, and especially with COVID, people have been looking to entertain at home. So we have uh, the most popular table is billiards that can be converted to ping pong and then dining. But we also see a lot of corporate spaces getting these tables for an executive uh, kind of area as well, so that they could have a meeting and then have some team bonding afterwards. And that's that's really the most popular. But we also create shuffleboard and foosball and mahjong, we really want to, you know, really the company started with ping pong, but Bernard and, and Michael started to get inquiries about, oh, could you make this table, you know, with, use this beautiful base for the, the table tennis, the stealth base, but I'd love to have a pool table. And so that's how we've expanded. Really, we're, we're listening to the clients and, and what they want, and we really want to serve all the different games that are out there. And so those are, you know, just a few of our offerings. And as a company, we're building as a lifestyle brand. So we're not just looking at the tables, we're looking at um, more furniture pieces that kind of go, go with the tables as well, because we found that the interior, interior design market um, could, you know, had clients who you know, loved the sport, but they wanted something that was beautiful in their space. And so we're serving that market as well. Um, and we do serve hotels and, um, you know, so many different industries. And so we, we have a personal aesthetic of this kind of edgy luxury, but we make tables in so many different kind of styles to suit, you know, each client. So we have the Trigon table, which has these really angular, unique legs, but it, it feels kind of like a contemporary, mid-century, modern mm-hmm. style. Um, and the, the stealth table that Bernard mentioned, which is our, our most popular, which is such a beautiful piece. We did a, a limited edition for Rolls-Royce clients with, um, 24 karat gold plating in the interior and the belly of the table and uh, Swarovski crystal. So we're, we're really looking to offer a, a design for every kind of client and every aesthetic. Yeah. And you, you have several clients. You, we mentioned Wayne Gretzky. There is also Lily Singh. She recently bought a table from you. Do you know what table she bought? Yeah, so it was one of the convertible tables. So it's a billiards to ping pong table, and it was the Theseus that Bernard was speaking about. It has this kind of curved base um, and with um, kind of a, a negative space in the center. So 
it feels really light and modern. And um, she had a, a kind of a black striping around the table, very contemporary, sporty detailing. Um, and so that was something that we really work with the clients to to choose something that, that they like and we kind of design along with them. And what about the outdoor tables? Is there any specific things that you have to have, a s- certain fin- finish or for outdoor here in S- SoCal? Yes. So teak tables or our aluminum tables are the best for those kind of environments just to stand up against the elements. And Michael, how does it feel to have come from Belarus to here and having this great company designing ping pong tables and much more? Yes, it's actually it's, uh, very overwhelming and uh, is overwhelming uh, to see what we're doing and overwhelming to see what kind of team we have. We have a very small team, but it basically live, we live every moment of it. I mean, uh, we look at this like we wake up in the morning, we don't see this is the, this is the work we enjoy and like, like again, they're not enjoying me. See, like all our team is just like uh, like sales team. Every everybody is just like uh, they're so dedicated, and we so we are like I can speak to everybody. We are so proud of what we're doing, what we achieved, uh, because uh, we are we are right there. Like you know, it's uh, I mean, it's so blessed to have clients. Uh, what we have and. Uh, like every piece is a unique piece. Uh, we have 14 models, but we probably never build one uh, the same because it's all art pieces. It's uh, you, you, work, you do a lot of work with designers, and uh, it's all again. It's uh, exciting, overwhelming. You, I mean, emotional. I mean, all of the above. Yeah, I mean, from going from playing table tennis at such a young age to coming to America and using that passion to build, you know, a a great organization that is helping not only building great designs, but also helping people. That's really admirable. Yeah, it's it's definitely, definitely you can put the name, you can say American dream. You can definitely (laughs) apply that. Yes. Yes. And Bernard, can you talk about that as well, using what you know and your passion to creating such beautiful pieces? What would you tell someone? Yeah. Well, that's a good question. Um, I, I mean, I never knew I would be designing ping pong tables. It, it's, it's a very, very, it seems like it's a rare opportunity to be able to um, combine like so many of your passions in life uh, with like with, with like a career or, you know, with like a, a profession, um, but it is possible. It, I mean, it, it, you just, it's just kind of, you got to put a lot of work and effort into it. Um, it's not easy, obviously, but if you really want it, you know, you figure out a way to do it. Uh, you know, we, we were, Michael and I were sitting in this little room in the, you know, Gilbert at the Gilbert center, in the back office and you know it's like a 10 foot square room and we were just like like why don't we just design like these crazy looking tables i did like a like a handful of designs like maybe three designs three four designs and we published them and all of a sudden it gained traction i was like whoa, 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 whoa people want to buy these hurry like we need to figure out like how to make this work because you know we didn't know if it's such a niche market too, you know, like we didn't know yeah. whether this was going to work out or not. 
Um, but it's just kind of proof that like, you know, you, you put your heart and soul into it. You, you're passionate about it. You love what you do. Um, it really shows in the work. And, you know, we have such an amazing team of craftsmen and, and engineers that can make it a reality, you know, cause I don't want to take uh, all the credit in, in like all this designing, like, you know, when I design the, the table, the concept or whatever, you know, like it goes off into people that actually have to build it and they have to figure out. And oftentimes these designs don't exist. You can, you can make, you, know, you, know, you can make a Spider-Man table. Oh, oh, that's right. We did. I mean, one of the, one of the players, one of the people that would come and play, uh, Andrew Garfield, I mean, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. I, I mean, I'm comic books nerd and, and he played at the club and, uh, you know, one thing like, you know, led to another, we were designing uh, a Spider-Man table, you know, like that's another thing. Like, I never cool. knew I would ever design a Spider-Man table. And on top of that, we had Stan Lee come in and sign oh, the dang table. Like, how cool. So here I am like, okay, I get all my comics signed by Stan Lee. I, I wait in a two hour line <laughs> to meet him so he can sign this comic that he, you know, created years ago and now he's coming here and finding something that i designed like who how did that even happen like it's it's just a it's exhilarating really and you know all i can say is like you just you just really got to combine all the the passion and the love that you like figure out how to do it and make it happen get a good team get people that support you um yeah, and I think that was was that was that was like the first table we actually we we auctioned it off, you know, when the proceeds went to the foundation. Um, it was sad to see that guy go, but you know, it's in a happy place now, and oh. someone's enjoying it somewhere. That's really cool. My son would like that the Spider Man table. <laughs> yeah. Michael, as a former professional table tennis player and a coach as well. Can you give us some tips on how we can advance our table tennis game? <laughs> the best way probably just come over to Gilbert Center and take lessons. <laughs> uh, yes, I mean, just practice, practice. You can go and get some, I mean, uh, I mean, immediate uh, kind of uh, thoughts like from some from YouTube, some kind of uh, like you know, some lessons there, some advices, but uh, like definitely take your racket and play, play in your backyard, play with your, I mean, parents, your children, your grandparents, you know, and uh, have fun. And the more you play, the more you're gonna feel it's uh, you're gonna feel better, and definitely you can improve your game because it's an endless, have, it's an endless, 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 yeah. I have I have one tip. Like it's a real tip. This this definitely has helped me in the sport. Like uh, it's one of the first things that I learned. And actually, it's uh, you know, in all in all reality, it wasn't Forrest Gump. You know, remember the scene when he's playing and the guy uh, tells him, "Don't ever take your eye off the ball." Right. It's very very true. And during, it's crazy how the brain works when you're when you're playing this game. Uh, all you have not not all you have to do, but like one of the most important thing is. Yeah, don't take your eye off the ball, but also watch your opponent's racket because as soon as the ball leaves their racket, no matter what speed, no matter what trajectory, as soon as you watch that ball leave their racket, your body will instantly react. Your mind, like all those five points start connecting 
and your body will want to move in the location and do the thing that you've been trained to do. So really just watch your opponent's racket. It's, it's very, very, very helpful. I've had athletes on here who talk about how they look at, you know, the opponent's feet or, you know, some other aspect of their opponent. But the moves or how they navigate, it's totally automatic for them. They don't think about it. You know, they yeah. don't think about, yeah. oh, I'm going to put my left foot out and my right. You know, if you start thinking about it, then, you know, the ball's already past you. So it's more yeah. of, you know, be training your body. Tell yeah. me if I'm wrong. Yeah, training your body like a, to be automatic, right? No, it's true. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. muscle memory. You know, it's the, it's the karate kid, wax on, wax off, sweeping the floor technique. Like it, once you learn those things and then all of a sudden the ball's coming to you, your body will react. You just got to keep your, you got to make sure you're looking at it. And uh, believe it or not, your body will actually do the rest. That's so cool. This is... One more thing I want to mention when COVID, uh, actually when COVID hit and I read one of the articles, which product is more in demand in the United States. And they were like, I think number one, it was bread machine. And second, I do remember third one, it was table tennis tables. Oh, really? It was, yes, it was, this is tell you how popular is table tennis, just for people to play just like a game, go to, go to backyard, yes. uh, put it in your living room or somewhere, like, and uh, enjoy the game. Yes, definitely. And see, can you tell uh, tell us how we can find out more about you and where we can go to get our custom table and uh, take part in the Gilbert Table Tennis Center? Yeah, absolutely. So you can um, find out more on www.11ravens.com. And I follow us on Instagram at 11ravens. Uh, those are two of the best places. And you'll be able to sign up on either of those for our newsletter and hear about events and new kind of pieces that are coming out, those are the best places to find us. Well, great. So we can go there and get our table tennis, billiards, foosball, air hockey, everything. <laughs> it's customized. Yeah, shuffleboard, everything. That's so great. Well, congratulations to you guys. I'm, I'm really thrilled to, uh, I had the conversation with you today and thrilled you shared your passion with us. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much. That's a nice thank that was exciting. Thank you so much. Thank you. Michael Thank you. Zaretsky, former professional table tennis player and founder of 11 Ravens. Bernard Samarjian, chief design officer and co-founder. And C. Zeta, director of business development. All again at 11ravens.com. I'm Lafern Cusack. This is 710 ESPN. You've been listening to The Experience with Laferne Cusack, getting the residents of Los Angeles, Orange County, and all of Southern California closer to their community. It's The Experience with Laferne Cusack on 710 ESPN. ESPN.